All right. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of InfoSec Whiskey. I am your host, Ushi. And with me, I have, this is like, I've been looking forward to this. Um, with me is everyone's favorite unicorn CEO. He is the CEO of Scythe. He is the former CEO and founder of Grim Cyber, um, founder of ICS Village, um, cooking with Bryson. He's a dad. He's a mentor. And today he was even my yoga instructor. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you do all you do, but like, welcome Bryson Bortz. Uh, thank you. Uh, I do need to make sure to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I am the co-founder of the ICS Village nonprofit. I meant to say that actually, co-founder. I just wrote ICS Village on my little noteboard, but thank you for correcting me. Yeah, no, so the, we stand on the, the backs of um, a number of great subject matter experts who um, did a lot of work with the village. And then it was uh, uh, Tom Van Norman um, who really kept that fire going and is, was the, the co-founder when we decided to turn it into a a 501c3. So I just want to make sure to give a shout out there because I should get credit for things I haven't done. That's so awesome. And I actually have like a couple of questions written down for that. I am, um, I'm, I'm curious about it. I have like, I, so, you know, for people who don't know, we're actually friends, right? In real life. <laughs> we're actually friends. Would you call us friends? I think we're friends. We yeah, high five. Like, I have your phone number and we text. So I call that friends. Um, so yeah, I'm so, I've been so excited. Like, oh, damn it. I forgot to mention like that you were the first person who interviewed John McAfee with me. Like, we've done so many cool things together. I'm excited to just kind of chat and all about all those things. Like, that was fun. Crazy. He's, he's, a, he's a character. <laughs> he was definitely a character. That's, uh, <laughs> that's why I agreed to come and join you. I knew that you uh, you definitely needed some support to, to go through yeah. that one. Yeah, that was. Uh, we're that lucky was that his wife joins because. She's so cool. I really enjoyed like her part of it. And, um, and I'm hoping to, she agreed to do an interview um, all on her own. I'm going to do kind of an all girls thing with her. And, and I'm looking forward to that. She, she really is an interesting person. And I think probably is the glue that holds that, um, that interesting. <laughs> she was the glue that kept that podcast together. Cause otherwise I don't know what we would have got. Yeah. Truth. Truth. So, yeah. So like, I have so many questions for you. Like one of my, my, so this, my second question actually is like, how the hell you hold all your shit together? Because I didn't even mention all the things you do, right? Like you do a, a shit ton of things, but the first thing that is the most important that everybody always asks is like what we're drinking. So like, you know, I try to like cater what we drink to the person that I'm, I'm, chatting with. So for the unicorn, I had to pick what I would consider like a unicorn whiskey, something that is not super easy to always find. So um, for you, I decided that I was going to pop my bottle of Blanton's, which for those who, who aren't watching the video, it's completely sealed. And um, so that's, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And then while, while I pop this cork, what did you bring? Yeah, so um, uh, for those of you who don't know, I collect whiskey. Um, I have quite an extensive collection. Um, and, I can confirm. I've seen it. And uh, folks are always, you know, on these kinds of things, like, you know, break out this crazy bottle or that one. And um, I, don't, I don't like to do that. I think it's kind of, it's a little, it's a little bit much. And instead, what I'd rather do is um, share what I think is what, 
I call the best value in scotch. So this is something that anybody can get at just about any store. And the best part about it is once you kind of put it into this perspective, then this, this, this will help you with your journey on scotch period. Um, Cause people are always asking like, well, what's your favorite scotch? And I, I mean, when you have like hundreds of scotches, it's whatever your mood is and you just right. like playing around. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people I think are intimidated by whiskey. I mean, it is a strong liquor and Absolutely. there's a very like over machismo kind of feel to like, ah, oh, I drink it straight. It's like 60% um, ABV. That's, that's good stuff. And it's like, no, no, don't, don't fight your whiskey. Right? Well, and I think I'm, too, like what did everybody have as their first whiskey is probably some like really bottom shelf, like horrible makes you cringe when you shoot it. Right. People aren't <laughs> trying like good stuff the first time that they have it. So that, I think that like when I first tried whiskey, that's what it was, right? It was like some bottom shelf, whatever. And, and I thought it, like, it was just too much for me and my palate couldn't handle it. So. So what I brought to the table, um, and unfortunately I don't have the, the regular 15, um, but this will, this will do as a stand-in is uh, Glenfiddich. Usually it's in a brown bottle, makes a 15 year. And the reason that I'm also going to pop the seal on this, and the reason that I recommend this is that the 15-year Glenfiddich, it's usually, you can get it for about $60 plus or minus retail. Um, but if you were to map like a flavor profile of all the whiskeys, it's almost perfectly in the middle. Nice. So it's a really good benchmark to kind of go, okay, this is where I am on it. And then compare everything to it. And you'll really start to dial in like what speaks to you of all the different kinds of whiskey. Nice. I love that. All right. Well, so I'm that's, like... that's what I wanted to share with everybody here and why I chose this bottle. I love it. So like I chose the Blanton's because I love, you know what I love most about Blanton's is the freaking bottle because it's gorgeous, right? To be honest with you, I feel like Blanton's is a little overrated. Um, you know, retails for about 60 as well, but it's so hard to find. And I, Oh, I love that sound. And I don't know that it's necessarily worth it because there's other whiskeys that I like just as much, but it's good. I do like it. And so for those who are getting to watch us, we have matching Glencairn glasses. Yeah. Bryson has his Grimm and I have my Infosec whiskey, which I just got um, about a month ago, maybe a few weeks ago. I love it. Love it. Lunch. Cheers. Oh, that's good stuff. I, I, so Glenfiddich is now, 15 is now on my list. I haven't had that before. Um, 2020 was supposed to be the year of of scotch for me. I was going to try and really delve into scotch. And I've had quite a few scotches this year, but like, you know, 2020 has been crazy <laughs> for I think everybody. That's, that's an understatement. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's been absolutely insane. So I didn't get to do quite what I was hoping with with scotches, but I have had a few. Um, I found that I do not like smoky scotches. I feel like I'm. I'm. So tell me, how does Glenfiddich like rate on smokiness? Uh, so that's what I was talking about. It's like in that, that middle part, um, when you're getting more of the, the PD, of course, people think of um, Ardbeg being one of the more obvious ones, um, Oban. Um, but 
Yeah, Describe Petey for me. So uh, Pete is that smoky, like very earthy, smoky flavor. It's what's okay. unique to, to scotch, but there's certainly some that have a lot less. Um, for things that uh, like have a lot less, and actually that when I, when I know people are very strong bourbon drinkers, I'll recommend them to start with something like a Macallan's. Um, okay. In fact, uh, there was somebody recently who had a birthday and uh, I surprised them in another country with, um, they're, they're getting, they were getting into scotch and they had asked my opinion. Um, and I, I, I sent them a surprise bottle of um, uh, Aberlour. Very cool. Uh, aged in uh, sherry casks. Nice. Now I do really like bourbon that is aged in like port wine casks. So like Angel's Envy or like Isaac Bowman, like I love those. I don't know what it is like that, that finish is just so sweet. So I bet I would really like that. I'll have to, I'll have to try that out. So if you're willing to give it a shot, um, uh, Lefroig is of course another one that is usually known for being very peaty. Um, they make um, a, an annual expression and courtesy of um, Deviant Alum, I now know how to pronounce it correctly in Gaelic, which is pronounced uh, Kajis. Um, but it's spelled C-A-I-R-D-E-A-S. And there were several of those where they aged them in uh, port casks to finish them off out of the, the normal cask. Interesting. Um, but you're saying they're peaty? Like, so, listen, is it going to taste like I'm licking a, a, a campfire? Because no. I don't like that. Okay. All right. You're going to have to, you're going to have to text that to me later because I need to try that. So, um, yeah, I'm totally in love with this, guys. Mm-mm-mm. Oh my gosh, Bryson, it's us. I'm so excited. So, okay, my number one question after what are you drinking is how the F do you do all the things that you do? How do you do uh, it? That's simple. Um, I have uh, a great team that supports me. Um, no, I really do. Um, I'm not being cliche. It. That's actually the entire secret is I don't do it alone. I have a lot of folks um, who do a lot of work and are running around and helping um, clean up and be a part of that. Um, and it's, we, we all have the agreement that, I mean, I, I have their back. I will do whatever I can to, to help. Um, and so it's that, that mutual trust that is what makes it look like I'm doing all these things when it's not actually really me. It's all That's of them. Awesome. It's, it's the whole team. I, I love that. And, and I'll say like the first time that you and I met, I got to meet a couple of the people that worked for you. And I so loved your kind of like work culture, if you will, like everybody, when I first met all of you, you wouldn't have known that you were the CEO and that they were, you know, people lower on the rung, right? Like everybody just seemed equal and everybody enjoyed themselves and everybody was happy. And like, it was, it was really fun to hang out with you guys, you know, like everybody, it was, it was very similar to the kind of culture that I like to be around. Like everybody kind of gave each other shit and, <laughs> you know, but had a good time. I mean, like, oh, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a brain fart. What, there, you had a new guy. Yep. That was actually the first time I'd ever met him was that trip. Oh my gosh. What was his name? Reed. Reed and poor Reed. <laughs> Reed, so so for those who don't know the story, we first met at Wild West Hackenfest last October in South Dakota, and Reed 
happened to pick the place that we all ate that night, the, the first night that we met. And poor Reed thought he was doing good. He picked what he thought was going to be a steakhouse. <laughs> For those who can't see Bryson right now, he's like holding his fingers on his nose, like, oh my God. Like, Reed picked this place that, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it was, it was bad. It was, it was horrible. Just, it was just bad. I mean, was... uh, Deadwood, South Dakota has seven restaurants. Six <laughs> of them are steakhouses. And he picked the one and, steakhouse you probably shouldn't go to. And yeah, Reed picked the wrong one. Like, poor Reed. I, rem I remember thinking like, oh, you poor thing. <laughs> You're never going to get to pick dinner again. Nope. I still, t in fact, uh, we do an all hands every Friday um, because of uh, COVID. So it's just... We go around the horn. I talk. I tell everything that's going on. Um, and part of that, of course, is, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It, it, this has not been the greatest year for us. Um, and we had some really, really tough moments there. And I wanted everyone to hear that from me and be able to ask those questions. My, my point on that was that uh, I, I was just teasing Reed about the steakhouse again this past Friday. Oh, that's great. So it still comes up. It is, it is uh, officially a part of company lore. That that steakhouse is hard to shake because everything was horrible. I think the drinks were okay, if I remember correctly. But like, how do you fuck up like bourbon on ice? Like, but like, I, the salad was horrible. <laughs> the steaks were just not good. Yeah. Like the sides look like they came out of cans. Like it just. Oh no, the the sides definitely did come out of a can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember that. I mean, they were string beans out of a can. Yeah. And I think like there was like, um, what was the other thing that was on there? Was it like carrots or there was some kind of mash that you were like, oh my God. Like oh, it just um, no, like we got, um, I, I, I feel like it was baked potatoes. Oh, I but think But somehow right. the baked potatoes were even substandard. And like, how do you make a bad baked potato? Just yeah, cook it through. Like they fucked up literally everything. Yeah. And yeah, poor Reed. But that was a great mm -hmm. conference. It was a great, it uh, was. whatever, how many days it was. Um, yeah, I remember like three, that because that was my first conference of three within five days that I had to do. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I still have some really cool pictures of you in a unicorn onesie with a Nerf gun. <laughs> like, honestly, that was, that was so much fun. And I recommend anybody, like, once we start actually going to conferences again, like, it's a tiny conference. I think they cap it at, like, 800 people. And it's just, it's in a, a really cool city that's like in the middle of nowhere. It takes an hour to get there from the airport. Like it was just so much fun to be able to get to know like people like you who were speaking. Um, Ian Coldwater was there, Dave Kennedy, like just like some of the most amazing people. And you actually got to chat with them and, and have a conversation. It was, it was really awesome. So yeah, that was fun. Um, <clears throat> so can I, can I tell the, the story? Uh, which story? Oh, come on. When, um, so, <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm just going to tell it. So when I first met Bryson, I kept thinking, man, that guy looks familiar. Oh, that story. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> He's rolling his eyes, you guys. Yeah, no, all right. So, yeah. so yeah, so I, it kind of dawned on me. That Bryson. You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it, like, it's funny now, and it's funny when you think about it, but, like, if you really think about that moment. Like, oh, like, no, totally. Like, total I've, dick I've, move. 
I and totally I'm just sort of like, oh, all right. Okay. But here's what's funny is like, I didn't mean it like that. Like, so for people who don't like know me, like, and you're like, so I'm one of those people that like, when I like somebody, I give them shit and I make like tease them or whatever. And like, I liked you immediately after we met, of course. <laughs> and you actually called me out on this. I, I don't know if it was back then or it was like later when we met, like when we hung out, but like, um, I totally wasn't, I, I didn't know you, right? Like I'm fairly new to InfoSec. And so that was the first time that I had met you and learned about like Scythe and whatnot. Anyway, so <clears throat> you and I both belong to a, um, a group of people, um, Beer Isaac, and we have like our own little um, uh, Slack channels and there's a channel for conferences. And like, I had reached out and said like, Hey, is anybody going to be at this conference? And nobody really had like responded initially. And then I got a message from you. I think it was like the first day of the conference. And you were like, you sent me a DM on Twitter and you were like, Hey, I saw your message in Beer Isaac and I'm here, you're here. Like, you know, and, and part of the whole Beer Isaac thing is that you get together and you have a drink, usually a beer and um we with some other you know member of, of whatever and like usually it's like it's a big thing everybody comes they bring their coins like it's like a big thing but of course we were in this teeny tiny place in the middle of nowhere so when you sent me a message i was like hmm like and i totally osented you to make sure that you were like legit right so like, but like when we met like face to face, like immediately I liked you. I thought you were funny and like you were fun to be around. And obviously like the people that you kept near you, the people that were your, you know, your, your right hand men were so cool. And I think that says a lot about a person, but like, yeah. So people who are listening, the reason that Bryson said I was a dick and he's not wrong is because I... <laughs> I think we had like known each other for half an hour. And I said that Bryson reminded me of Ted Bundy. <laughs> oh, you're giving me the same look you gave me back then. And like, not in a, but that, like, I didn't mean it in a bad way. I didn't mean it like, you look like you're going to kill me. I just meant like, you kind of resembled him and you were like, so I look like a serial killer. And I tried to like make it better by being like, well, I mean, Ted Bundy was known to be like, like, you know, like he was handsome and people, um, like people were drawn to him. He was very charismatic. I tried to say like, I think what it is, is you look more like Zac Efron as Ted Bundy in the movie that he played in, which I really like hold you do look more like Zac Efron in that movie, but than actual Ted Bundy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but not anymore. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. With no, the with um, the just with the uh, quarantine beard. Yeah, the quarantine beard fully going. I haven't cut a hair uh, since February, but I do want all the listeners to know. Stay tuned for Jumanji three, where I will be leading. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so awesome. That was so much fun. And then like, yeah. And then for the rest of the weekend, everywhere we went, Bryson would be like, she thinks I look like Ted Bundy. <laughs> and people tried to say that you didn't because they were scared of you, I think. They were like, I don't know. It does kind of- <laughs> Might actually like kill Bundy. them. <laughs> <laughs> he might get pissed and stab me. <laughs> 
Oh, that was so much fun. That was a really fun conference. I enjoyed myself. You know, what's funny is like, so you, you pulled us all up on stage Mm -hmm. with, God bless. I can never remember their name. What's the name of the, um, of the group? Dual core. Yeah. And so, so I go back with dual core. He's a great guy. So oh, I, great, great group of folks too. Cause it's not just him. Right. I had no idea who dual core was. Like I said, that was my first conference. I like really hadn't done. Was it my first conference? Yeah, I think it was um, my first like in-person conference. Like, and I hadn't done a ton. Like I was, I, it, I was brand new um, and just getting my feet wet. And like, I didn't know a lot of things. I had no idea who dual core was. And like, I was telling people like, oh my gosh, this band was like band. I, I don't know what you would call them, but like this group was like so amazing. And like, I remember when they started, I was like, wow, they're really good. And like, I don't know how to describe them. They're kind of more like rap, right? Would you say they're like mm-hmm. a rap group and they sound like, but they rap like, infosec like cybersecurity stuff and it's it like it's so funny and i was just like oh my god they rock like they're really good and then when they people were like are you talking about duo core and i said oh you know what i think that was what their name was and they were like um they're kind of a big deal <laughs> and i was like oh well bryson took me up on stage with a bunch of other people like we totally have a picture i think you can see like this much of me in the back but still i was on stage with them so bringing that back around full circle, um, congratulations, uh, Ushi, for joining uh, group yoga today. So I yes. teach yoga Monday to Friday, open to everybody. Um, is that uh, Malice, who was also in that group, was on yoga today. Oh, no shit. Like, I did see Malice. Oh, wow. That's so funny. Look at me. I don't know shit. That's so cool. Very cool. Yeah. And for those who aren't aware, Bryson does like a bazillion different things, right? Like, gosh, I can't even name all the things, but one of the things that he does is he does yoga yoga Monday through Friday and the times vary, right? Based on whatever your schedule is. Today was my first time joining. I will definitely join each time my schedule allows because that, oh my gosh, when we were done, like, honestly, the whole day I have just felt like completely chill. It was wonderful. And like during it, I was like cramping and like breathing hard. And I kept thinking like, you should mute your, mute your fucking microphone. They're going to think that you died over here. Like I'm all like, <gasps> but it was wonderful. And like, I, I felt like stretches in places. I know I needed it. It was, it was awesome. So People need to, if they're interested, right? How can they get in on, on that if they're interested? Email yeah. you, DM yeah, no, you. Just uh, DM me on uh, Twitter at Bryson Bort. Um, give me a little bit of time to get to them because I, I get a lot of uh, messages and whatnot. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll get you the details. And like I said, it's free. It's open to everybody. Um, and uh, the biggest thing that I tell everybody in the yoga, yoga is about you. It's your own yoga. You can come on. You don't need to turn your video on. If you do, I can help you. Um, I mean, we, we did an impromptu masterclass on triangle today. Yes, we did. Um, it was Because I know that's, that's a pose that a lot of people struggle with, um, not because it's hard, but just getting it just right is a huge difference. Yeah, um, knowing where your body is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and other than that, yeah, we just, I mean, it's a, we have a great group. Everybody's positive and supportive. Um, and, uh, we all banter and, you know, stretch and work out and we get it done in 30, 35 minutes. So everybody can go back to work feeling really good. 
Yeah, that was really awesome because it was quick, but I, in fact, like later, I felt like I could feel um, some muscle soreness. So I was like, yeah, like I could feel, I could feel that I got, I got a decent little workout there. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm excited to, to continue going. And then you don't just do yoga, right? You also do like HIIT workouts. Yeah. So Wednesdays at 430 um, is high intensity interval training. Um, that one we're done in less than 15 minutes. Um, I've recently started. Um, so I used to do competitive jujitsu. Um, and obviously with COVID, I can't really do any of that. Um, but, uh, so I started working in like different kinds of, uh, martial arts, um, exercises and whatnot for our hit. So it's kind of a, like a, a dual purpose hit. And Very then cool. right after that, we all just go and, uh, go right into happy hour and, uh, drink together. Oh, even better. Happy hour. Are you still doing your happy hours? <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I stopped doing, so I know I was one of the, the first, um, folks back in March to start doing all the virtual activities. And I did a ton of happy hours and costume contests and um, game days and everything. It's a um, lot. It, it is a lot. Uh, I'm not going to, I, it took its toll on me. It was tiring. Um, yeah. And also um, to be frank, there are some folks that don't, that weren't nice. Um, I'll phrase it that way. And mm. so I got tired and, um, I'm sure that's hard because you, I could tell that you tried to <clears throat> combine the groups with people that you thought would get along well. Um, you capped them at a number so that it wasn't too huge. You didn't have pages of, of Zoom people. Like, and, and that was really great. And I did have fun at the few Zooms that I was able to make. Unfortunately, I have a little one, so it's hard to make those um, at a, at a normal happy hour time. But like, and I really appreciated it. Like I, and I've, like I've, I've met people, I've met a lot of people through you actually. Um, you were really awesome. I'm gonna come back to that, but like, yes, I, I, I can imagine that it was difficult and you tried to include people, even people that were like new people, like that weren't somebody that you knew. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can imagine that's difficult because like, if you're bringing in people that you don't know their, their personality, um, you know, that can, that can make, a zoom go really south when you have like one person who who's just like crazy out there or who you know just is irritating and loud and whatever so i'm sure that was very difficult yeah but I mean, when, you, when you get to a certain level of fame or notoriety or whatever you want to call it i mean you you get a fairly thick skin to dealing with the i mean there's there's people who hate you who've never met you there's right. people who have grudges yeah. for whatever reason we both have um, those yeah and it's just the way it is but there was just there was a point where it crossed over um in the parasocial element with those happy hours that um again you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anyone else yeah and i was really trying hard to do something that i thought that the community needed and i i'm sorry i just can't do them anymore. Yeah, um, no, like that totally makes sense. And it's not even just you, like you have thick skin because you, that's something you're used to being who you are, but like you also had to think about the other people that were part of those Zooms and you can't have a bunch of assholes joining a Zoom and like upsetting other people. So I totally get that. And like, <clears throat> I had actually done something similar and I still have a, a group going that um, we call it virtual happy 
virtual hacker happy hour. And um, I actually don't participate as much as I was at the beginning. Um, I kind of like formed the group and started doing happy hours. And then like, we were doing them later in the day. And like, because like after my son would go to sleep is when I would start them. And like, holy cow, like I was doing a happy hour like every night. And like these people were going to like last call, right? And I was waking up hungover. For, I woke up hungover for a week and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, my liver was like waving the white flag. Um, luckily for, for me and for them, they continued going on. But like, it definitely was something I think that we all really needed, especially at the beginning kind of middle, like that March, April part of COVID when we were like all not really, we're, we were all trying to figure out what we were doing and we're all stuck at home. And like, that was definitely something we did it. Um, my work team started doing happy hours early on. And that was actually what gave me the thought to do the virtual ha hacker happy hour. And, um, <clears throat> And, and like, I thought there's going to be more people that need this. And I'm so happy. Like there was a lot of people like you and, and cocktail con and like, there's, you know, others that, that have done the same type of thing. And, and that's great. And if people are looking for that, they can, they can find other, other happy hours where they can get in on that. But yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Like you really, um, it reminded me of like what you call your smart people dinner where you bring people together and you have essentially a dinner party with a bunch of like people from kind of different, different walks of InfoSec. And um, I was lucky enough to get invited to one just before COVID. So we, we really lucked out on that. And like, I got to meet some really interesting people and um, you have a good, you do a really good job of bringing people together that probably wouldn't have met otherwise. Like um, Valerie and I have continued to be friends and um, she sends me little Val mails every now and again with like stickers and like cute little cards. And um, I actually just got one today. And uh, yeah, so like, I'm so thankful for um, lots of things about you, but like, and, and I was, I was going to bring this up, like you, for people who don't know you, like if you were to just kind of look at your Twitter page, you can, you would know that obviously you're CEO of a company, you do a ton of things. Um, I think it's pretty clear to people that you give back to the community or very, um, uh, very like into that. Like you're, you're very focused on giving back to the community, not just like what you do for work, but just you're there for people and for people who don't know just how much like, there's been days I've had like horrible, horrible days. And I get a text from Bryson that just says, how are you doing today? Like, how are things going? And like, when you're a single mom in a new city and you don't know anybody <clears throat> or, you know, like three people, but you can't get together cause it's COVID and you get a text from somebody that you, that you admire and like, and somebody who just wants to check on you and see how you're doing. Like, that's a big deal. And, and, you're an amazing person. And, and I feel like that comes across in just what, and like you are who you are on Twitter. So for people who think that like, it's just a persona, like it's, 
I feel like a hundred percent you, like you're, you're pretty authentic. And, and that's really an amazing thing to find some of these days on Twitter. Like you see all these people who seem like one thing on Twitter and then you meet them in person and you're like, Oh, they're not that person. Like on Twitter, they look like a badass. And then you meet them and you're like, Oh, you're kind of a dick, but like, no, you were, you're actually totally what you come out to be, which is, is a really an amazing person. So anyways. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to I talk just, about how great I think you are. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, uh, the way I, the way I say it is, I'm just uh, I'm not smart enough to be anything else. Ah, uh, that's so not true. So tell us, Bryson, for those who don't know, God, I have so many things like I want to be able to talk about you. You are so such an interesting person. So, <clears throat> where did you graduate college from? West Point. Which I think is cool, right? Um, well, I mean, obviously <laughs> you're looking at me weird. <laughs> so you graduated from West Point. Can you do you, like, I guess you could tell me like, shut up if I ask a question that you don't like, but so you have a hat in your living room. Uh, yes, I have a, a tar bucket. It is, um, the, uh, so the West Point uniform, if you can think of it like an earthly 19th century like what a soldier would look like it's like thick wool with all of these gold buttons and tails right. and uh for full dress parade we have this big black like it's called a tar bucket big black um like cylinder that's on your head and this huge gold crest on the front and then based on your rank you have um uh like feathers that come out of it and so since i was a uh, since i was a senior captain there um, I have this, these huge, like, I don't, what kind of feathers are they? I don't know, but these huge, like this huge plume of black feathers that come out of it. So I have that on, on display in my, um, in my living room. That's so cool. That is very cool. And you do a lot of talks with like different military academies. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, um, I give an annual, uh, lecture, um, at, uh, West Point to all the graduating computer science cadets. Uh, I just recently was a guest. Oh, I feel so bad for them because I want to remember their name. I want to say it's like with the Cadets for Technology. It's a new extracurricular group that started at West Point. Um, I've also spoken at the Naval Academy. Um, we've done some work with um, the Air Force Academy. In fact, I'll quick shout out here. Um, next week is Hack the Capital on September 16th. Um, so this is a, a conference that uh, I created out of the ICS Village, where I realized with what we're doing with the nonprofit is educating folks on critical infrastructure security. And I was like, wait a second, we're in Washington, D.C., and all the people who do all of the dumb things or need to know not to do the dumb things are right here. Really? Why don't we do something with them? Um, and so in uh, um, partnership with my uh, think tank, the R Street Institute, um, the Wilson Center, which is, I believe, the largest think tank in the world. Um, they're actually government funded. Um, Cyber Vice Foundation, which is a, a nonprofit. Um, I hope I'm not forgetting somebody. Oh, and our nonprofit, the ICS Village. Um, we put on this full day program for free. Um, it's always been free. And um, we have uh, Representative Gallagher, who is a part of the Cyber Cybersecurity Solarium Commission, um, as the opening keynote. Um, David Sanger from the New York Times is going to give a very provocative keynote. Um, cool. where we talk about the fact, because uh, one of my big issues that I have with cybersecurity is I think we nerd out too much, we get too myopic, and we need to 
understand that things are on a broader scale where it's not only tech, it's people, but also that this all happens within um, a connection to what's happening at a national security level and with other countries, because they absolutely, of course, have an effect. They're primarily the, the aggressors for the most part. Um, and so he's going to uh, talk about it with that angle with respect to deterrence. Um, Senator Hassan and uh, Senator Rounds, um, uh, Senator Rounds is on the um, Senate Armed Services Committee for Subcommittee for Cybersecurity. See, I've been in DC long enough. I'm actually able to start rattling those off. It's still, <laughs> it's still a little awkward coming out, but right. I, I'm, I'm getting better at it. Um, and uh, the reason I, anyway, the reason that I brought that all up is we have the Air Force Academy. So the head of the computer science department at the Air Force Academy, Colonel Caswell, is going to come and give a talk because uh, they have an entire like cyber village. All freshman oh, cadets cool. are required to take as a part of, everybody's required to take computer science. They all have to take an element where they see kinetic effects. So understanding how, hey, it's not just data, like this computer thing could actually do something where the train falls off the tracks. Yeah. I mean, and that sounds really, you know, when you say it that way, it sounds kind of juvenile, except you realize most of these kids, when they go and become officers, are not going to have anything to do with computers. And so having that like exposure helps them understand that oh, side yeah. all that much better. And the senior, um, the seniors there for their that are computer science majors, their capstone project is actually building out a whole attack chain to show um, effect. Um, oh, and so that's cool. going to be one of the uh, talks that's given at uh, Hack the Capital at September 16th. So those of you interested, just go to icsvillage.com to check out more. Very cool. So, you know, normally I record these like several months out. We're gonna release this next. Oh. So that uh, everybody gets the chance to be able to um, be a part of that. So I'm gonna, yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> Thank you. I, I I did not realize we weren't live actually. <laughs> yeah, we right. Like that we weren't like streaming it. I, you know, I have considered that and that would be a good idea, but I haven't like put all the logistics together yet. So totally, I'm going to, I'm probably going to drop this within the next day or two, I think. Um, <clears throat> so very cool. So tell me like, tell me more about ICS village and what it is and like how you came like, not you, but like how all of you came up with it and decided to put it into. Yeah, so I mean, the ICS Village, um, I'll say the soul, um, really starts, um, I wanna say about seven years ago. And there was, like I said, there were a group of folks um, who started um, coming up with the idea and building um, our uh, critical infrastructure examples to go and to provide that education. Um, and I first, uh, met the team, I want to say it was 2014 at RSA. Um, so that was the same year that at Grimm, and Grimm at that time was maybe seven people. I don't, I don't remember. Um, we built the uh, first um, like car on a board. Um, and that was a bunch of junkyard diving to put together a 2012 Ford Focus that we just nailed to a bare piece of plywood and had like thought nothing through and um so you we might want to you might want to mention what grim does for those who aren't aware uh sure uh two ways to answer that grim is a cyber security consultancy that does service work 
or the way I like to think about it, it's just the best team of hackers. And, and they, do, they do a lot of car hacking, yeah? Uh, yeah, so one, I emphasize team because we're not out to hire prima donnas. We really want the best folks that can work together because um, what makes Grimm special is the wide breadth of expertise and we bring all of those things together to do yeah. different things. But yeah, um, we do car hacking, industrial control systems work, um, enterprise application. I mean, you name it, we've hacked it. Yeah. So cool. Like, uh, so back in my law enforcement days, um, I was lucky enough to attend um, a training where we did like some, some car forensics, like, well, I say car, like the infotainment system mm -hmm. forensics. And um, so that to me is super interesting. So when I learned about Grimm, I was like, holy shit, like this is very cool stuff. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted people to understand like just how cool Grimm was and what they did. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, so uh, we, I see, what was ICS Village was at RSA that year and had invited us because um, the car hacking village, I don't know if that existed yet, because that's actually where we got started, was helping with making the car hacking village. Um, so big shout out to, to Rob and Craig and all of them. Um, and we, you know, it was our first time being at like this big conference. I remember just being blown away that people had uh, not just booths, because obviously whatever booth, but like two-story booth architecture that you could oh my gosh. walk up to the second story and like have meetings, like that kind of like glitz. Holy I mean, cow. all I'd ever really seen was DEF CON. And I was just like, <laughs> where <laughs> am I? Which <laughs> conference this? was this? Uh, this was RSA. Oh, RSA, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we show up with our plywood that we haven't even painted. We had no names or anything on it. We actually printed out pieces of paper to like tape and explain what the different stuff was because we didn't think any of this through. Um, I think everybody was just kind of like, oh, you know, the, the, the high school is here showing off a science project because it was that bad. Um, and the ICS Village let us lean our exhibit against their wall, um, <laughs> which was uh, how uh, we, we started off. And a whole bunch of people came by and were like, oh yeah, car security. Yeah, there's not really a market for it. Like nobody cares. Cause we'd talked to a few auto manufacturers like, hey, we found some bonds. And they were like, yeah, go pound sand. Like nobody cares. Um, so thank you, Charlie and Chris for creating a market for us. Um, and uh, yeah, people just come by and they're like, well, I see all the wires sticking out and it looks like shit. So clearly y'all you you, are actually engineers. <laughs> uh, so that was that was where the relationship with the ICS Village started, um, and then um, we continued to participate, um, and in uh, uh, wow, the years start to blend together. Twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, um, I mean, this really was the village. Really, was just a passion project that showed up at RSA and DefCon on a shoestring, hours of work, and barely scraping by. Um, and I approached. Tom Van Norman and I was just like, man, we got to we got to come up with some other way to do this. I think we can incorporate this as an official nonprofit, and that's going to make it a lot easier for us to work with everybody and solve all of that. Um, as a result, um, we have um, we now do probably fifteen to twenty events a year. 
Um, we've actually, because of the pandemic, since industrial control systems, you can't just virtualize them and make that work. Um, we, had to, we had to do a bunch of R&D over the summer and came up with some really innovative ways to build out um, a whole middleware section so that our capture the flag, um, which by the way has until this year because nobody got it, but the prior two years of DEF CON, the winners got black badges, um, which was a big, big source of uh, pride um, for the team. Um, uh, yeah, I forget where I was going with that other than we did a bunch of really cool stuff of R&D to, to make so this completely cool. virtual and we now support um, multiple events. In fact, uh, this year, what do we got left? We've got B-Sides Boston, we're gonna be there. Um, Gray Hat, uh, AvengerCon. Um, oh, I feel like I'm missing some things. I think we have like five or six more conferences to do this year. So if people are interested, is there like a Twitter page or something that they can go to to check out more? Yeah, sure. At ICS underscore village or icsvillage.com. We keep all of our uh, events page up to date with everything that's happening. Very cool. Uh, and of course, we're always looking for volunteers because it's a completely volunteer run organization. Awesome. Um, so. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm going to ask you about that. I might be interested. So, okay. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about, um, was kind of to not, I mean, I, I know, but like, I want others to know, um, can you tell us more about Scythe and what Scythe does? I think it's super cool and I want more people to know. Yeah, sure. Um, so Scythe is a modular framework to develop, build, deploy, and operate synthetic malware. Um, so we're kind of a cross between um, what everybody knows is Cobalt Strike, which is the, you know, the, the rigor solution for pen testing and red teaming. Right. And then um, the new space that's come out called Breach and Attack Simulation. We're kind of, if you put, smash both of those two things together, um, for a different purpose. Um, and um, I think some of the things that are really cool about what we're doing is uh, that we, again, this ties to our community engagement, also actually ties to our, our strategy. So we just launched the marketplace where just the same that way that folks um, get to anywhere in the world, hunt for vulnerabilities for bug bounties, we're gonna do the same thing for TTPs in a post-exploitation space. That's super cool. And so tell me more about that because I actually attended Unicon. Is that how you pronounce it? Right? Unicon. Yeah. Unicon. Okay. So, and I thought that was super cool. Like I was really interested in, um, in what you're doing. So the marketplace is not just for, um, it's for anybody, right? Like anybody can create what are you calling them? Modules? Modules. Yeah. So anybody can create a module and they can put it for free or for profit yep. up on your um, marketplace that, and, and they're modules for your platform, right? For your tool. Yeah. So you don't need to be a customer. You don't have to have bought into it. Um, all you have to do is be able to program in Python or in C um, and the, the way that we look at it is Scythe is a, we're like Lego, right? We've designed a, a standard of Legos. And so any of those modules, those Legos, any Lego you build will automatically work with every other Lego. 
And so anything you build exponentially scales the arsenal of any permutation of malware that you can put together. Nice. Um, so that's, that's the idea behind it on the, the, the TTP side. So um, we're going to be also uh, publishing some bounties and there's some other companies that are going to come in on this. Nice. So we'll, you know, um, so for example, one of them is going to be office 365 communications. So that creates a Lego that allows any, any payload you create to be able to do C2 and data exfiltration over office 365. Um, so that's an example of uh, the kind of a kind of a bounty that's also going to be coming out that we'll be we'll be seeding into the marketplace. Very cool. And so for people who are interested in um, possibly creating these modules, number one, they get to create like they get to um, decide on what that module costs, correct? And if they're interested, like where can they go to um, to learn more about that and where they would submit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. So um, scythe.io is the main webpage, and I believe it's slash marketplace. Um, and on there, uh, we'll show you the, um, our software development kit is open sourced. Um, so that's the standard to build to. Um, awesome. uh, we provide you a test harness, so you'll be able to validate those modules in there. Oh, cool. Um, I was wondering about that. Within the next month, because of course a lot of people are like, "Yeah, but I actually want to be able to like test this with your platform to like really see the functionality and right. you know get that all the way through." Um, so uh, later, um, I want to say, hate signing up to things like this, but because um, you never know with engineering. Um, but soon, probably we're hoping the next, for soon. Within That's the fine. next month, most likely, um, we're going to be creating a community range um, so that folks will be able to. Um, go out, validate those, um, those cool. modules that they're building in a, a range where they'll be able to see like a whole enterprise environment. Very cool. So, so they get to see it from beginning to end and, and validating that, it, that whatever they created works. Yeah, seeing it work, seeing what it does, looking at the detections that are built off of it, like what happens to um, different kinds of defensive platforms and how do they respond to what you're trying to do. So being able to see all of that um, and give you free access for that kind of development. So um, that's where uh, our CTO, George Ochias, is uh, working on that now. Very cool. Um, actually, a couple of people that I work with um, took, took went, they, they attended um, Unicon, and that was one of the things everybody thought was super cool, was the marketplace and what you guys are um, creating and kind of that environment. I love it, right? Because like, I think that it's cool that like, you know, we have bug bounty hunting out there and that's something that people, you know, if you're a bug bounty hunter, like you can do that. But like, if you're not a bug bounty hunter, is there a freelance way for you to do stuff? And now you've kind of created a, a place for people to go that um, maybe bug bounty um, hunting is not their forte, but yet, um, you know, there, there's another area for them to look into. And I, I think that's super cool. And I'm, I'm excited. Like I, I was really, I really enjoyed, um, you know, learning about your marketplace and what was, you know, what was happening and what was going on. So that's really cool. So people can go to, um, and Scythe is spelled S C Y T H E dot I O and they can learn more about that slash marketplace if they want yeah, to learn more. Just, yeah. just to give, just to give some folks some idea. Cause I mean, yeah, bug bounty, um, like vulnerability research can be difficult. Um, and modules don't have to be very sophisticated to be useful. Um, 
I mean, something that is a particular way of scraping IPs, um, something that interrogates Active Directory in a certain way. I mean, some really simple scripts can actually be very powerful when you look at them as an option that now with one click, I can bring that back and put it in a chain of things to create an overall effect. Exactly. And now are they able to, like people who are creating modules, are they able to see what other modules have already been created so that they can decide like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. Like that's yep. saturated. Yeah. yeah. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, there's a there's a web page. I don't remember what the the link is, but it's I'm sure it's off the uh, the Scythe Marketplace um, uh, page that actually sends you to the actual marketplace, and you can see what's there. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're getting really close to our hour. I've been trying to keep them at an hour because you know, but like so. Okay, I have I have at least at least one more question. I think um, so. Can you, can you give me the TLDR version of like where the unicorn mascot came from? So like for people who don't know, I mean, I don't know how you don't know, but like, so Scythe's um, mascot is the unicorn, right? Yep. You're showing your, and like, let me show mine, right? We both have our, our unicorn t-shirts on. Um, by the way, the, I think the only one that I'm missing is that color. I'm just saying. Um, you got to earn it. So um, the the t-shirts are won during our arcade games. Um, and I know that the arcade games have not uh, been out because we haven't been physical. Actually, um, I won the arcade game and I have a screenshot of me winning your arcade game at Wild West Hacking Fest. So I'm just saying, just so talking about yeah, that. So you get the t-shirts. And that's how you get the t-shirt. Those arcade games are fun. Um, and we just created a blue team version. Oh, so very I know, cool. I don't know if you've seen that. So we now have a, a blue team choose your own adventure. I was just going to say, so for people who aren't aware of your arcade games, it's a choose your own adventure kind of IR going. The one I did, I felt like was blue team. I don't know. No, you did a, you did the red team one. So that's where you're an operator. You've just gotten shell. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes, yes. Um, the intent there, actually going back to the bug bounty thing, is a lot of folks that are familiar with pen testing, um, the real lesson that we're teaching, I mean, there's several that are in that, but the real lesson that we're teaching in that um, arcade game is the difference between pen testing and red teaming and particular awareness of tradecraft and Thank uh, you. what kind of footprint that you're, you're giving in a, a, a target environment. I, I really appreciate that you said that because like there is a difference between pen testing and red teaming and because I do a lot of red teaming in what I do at work and but I don't pen test so mm -hmm. there's there's a huge difference between those two genres of infosec and a lot of people just think that like red teaming is like is only pen testing and like all that's all you're doing and, and it's not necessarily. So I appreciate that. But anyways, okay. So I don't know where I was going with that, but I you, think you asked about the origin of the unicorn. Yes. Okay. That's where I was going back with it. That was my next, that was my question. So please tell me about the unicorn. Uh, yeah. So uh, we used to do an annual t-shirt contest for DEF CON at Grimm and um one year, I honestly do not know where the two came together in my head. And I was just like, I thought it'd be really funny to do like a Grim Reaper, because that's, I'm in the Grim, and a unicorn. Like the two put together is just really funny. 
Yeah. And the graphic artist nailed the core concept on the first go. And I was just like, wow, that is so good. Uh, And uh, we unveiled it at Black Hat and they were just snapped up. I mean, it just all of everything went away. And we were like, wow. Um, And people started asking, like, can we buy your t-shirts? And we're like, right uh don't want to get into the t-shirt or sticker business right Um, so we we donated the uh design to um uh, hackers for charities um so uh johnny long sells them there so to help raise money for his charity um and realizing then we spun scythe out um shortly after that that the the unicorn was um that key component uh i started dressing up as the unicorn it, i don't know it really just became like it was just sort of a lark on the first time and uh, i want to say was, i want to say it was at DerbyCon, and people were like can we take pictures with you and all of this stuff and i was just like i just had fun with it and it just was like ridiculous and since then it's just uh, become a thing and people started asking me to like come and present in it um, it's funny when I go to a government, a government event, people are like, we want you to, to dress up as the unicorn. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and since then I've, I've evolved it to now where I have different kinds of unicorns. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just meant to be, it's just meant to be fun. Um, you know so what though? What I don't I love, take it seriously. I hope nobody else does. Either. But that's the, that's the thing, right? Because like, there are so many things in infosec in the world in general right that we just take way too seriously people get bent the fuck out of shape about stuff and what i like most about you and the whole unicorn persona is that when somebody does things that we consider silly it makes that person more approachable and so like you're super approachable people don't feel like intimidated i don't think coming up to you, like if you're dressed in a fucking unicorn, like who's going to be like, I don't want to talk to that guy. Right. And I feel like that just, it's just, I love it. I love it. I love that it makes you approachable and it, yeah, like it just kind of, and plus you guys have the best stickers. Um, unfortunately they're on the computer that I'm using. Oh good. You got some to show. Um, I have a, I have like, oh, I don't have any grim stickers. Fuck. Um, oh, there's some, yeah. So like all the unicorns, I have all the unicorns except for that main scythe one. I don't, I don't have that. So this was this, uh, not this year. This was Why last year. I don't have that one. That was last year's, uh, I love Con, it. um, design. And I was going for what I originally had in my head was what started that one. As I started thinking about like those Soviet propaganda um, posters yeah. from the thirties. Yeah, and the way they have everyone and everyone's like looking like this, and somehow I started to morph that into like um, a Star Trek design, which yes. is why you, like you can see how they're all like, and you can actually see yeah. instead of like the little like um, Star Trek communicators, they actually have little uh, golden sights. Oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, I feel like that little sheet should make it into USPS and come to my house. I'm just saying. Oh, as but- stamps, that would be really cute as stamps. Oh, they would be really cool as stamps. That's very cool. I do have a bunch. I um, Save the U.S. Postal Service, by the way, everybody. Oh, um, yeah. That is no joke. Um, then you could people... totally stick those stickers into U.S. Postal Service. Help save the U.S. Postal Service by sending me some stickers. But I agree with you. <laughs> we do need to save the Postal Service. Absolutely. Um, 
Oh my gosh, Bryson, I've had such an amazing time with you. I always have fun with you. Like anytime we hang out and get drunk together is always a good time. Or just hang out. We've hung are, out, not I, drunk. I, I, are you drunk now? Is that, is that how we know the I'm podcast not, ends? I'm not drunk. No, nope. I keep looking at the time and, and I try to keep it at an hour because I don't want to keep you from anything. Like you were so gracious and let me um, do this at, at, you know, this late hour. Cause for those who don't know, right. Like who knows um, it's, it's almost, it's a little after nine o'clock and I always do the podcast late because, you know, I have a little one, so I have to wait till after he goes to sleep, of course, before I can podcast. But yeah, so, and Bryson was, was gracious enough to let me. So like really, so hold up, because something just came into my head that I wanted to mention is that cooking with Bryson, which is your, so this is fun, right? Um, so you have been doing a cooking show where essentially you cook with a bunch of different InfoSec professionals. Um, it's actually not limited to InfoSec. It's um, anybody. Um, oh. we've, had, we've had all sorts of different folks come on. Oh. Um, certainly, most of my friends are in InfoSec, but yeah. uh, it's pretty wide ranging. Um, so uh, we're already booked through into January for, for guest Very chefs. Nice. Uh, where cool. Ushi is going is that she is going to be a guest chef. Uh, yeah, what, in November. Oh, uh, November. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. I decided, I actually like literally wrote it down in my notes app on my phone what I'm going to make today. I actually, I made it today and I was like, every day when I cook dinner, I go, mm, what, is this something out now? This is not something I would want to share with the world. Today I cooked something where I was like, this, this is what I'm going to cook on Bryson's show. So I'm like so excited. I've, I love cooking and I have always like dreamed loftily like I never thought that I would actually ever do like a cooking show so I'm super excited I, I narrate in my head like a huge dork when I cook what I would say if I were on a cooking show you will have the opportunity I'm a huge dork but yeah I'm so excited so you have had some really cool people like um like Dave Kennedy who yep, I love Dave. and and we've had on this show Dave Kennedy's famous smoked wings oh my god he, first of all Dave Kennedy rocks right? He's such a nice guy. And I absolutely adore all of his like tweets where he tweets about all his smoked goodness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's so cool. Yeah. You've had like some really amazing people. I'm really thrilled that I get to um, be amongst them. Uh, yeah. So. Dan Tentler, AKA this, um, Carolina Terrazas, yeah. um, uh, Zena Olson, Cheerio, um, yeah. Chris Krebs, the director of CISA, yeah. Uh, we have a few other uh, government officials that are coming on some future episodes. How fucking um, cool. Uh, you want something really cool because of, we're coming up on election season. Um, Hari Hursty, who uh, was the creator of the Hursty hack, which was one of the first um, election infrastructure vulnerabilities found. And they did the first HBO documentary on hacking democracy. And I say that was 2005. And then the, cool. the, the latest one just came out this year for um, on that. Um, but yeah, all we're doing is, I mean, it's, it's nothing more than just making the kitchen accessible to everybody. We publish the yeah. recipes a week in advance and we highlight a charity every single episode so that we're giving back to the community. That's it. That's the whole show. There's nothing else to it. And, and I love that. I like, I like shit that's simple. I really do. And like when I, when I was making 
foods the, the last couple of weeks, I kept thinking like, I wanted something that was super easy, super accessible. Um, I'm hoping to throw a cocktail in there because, you know, InfoSec whiskey, but like, um, I just, I love that. I like when things, not just, not just food, but like everything, like, I feel like we should make it accessible to all the peoples. And, um, you've definitely done that. I think with all the things that you do and, um, and yeah, I just think you're, you're a really amazing person. I'm so excited that, that you agreed to, to come be with me and be my, my guest, even though you've technically been on InfoSec Whiskey before because, you know, you were my amazing co-host with, with John McAfee, but um, yeah, you're just, a, you know, I just, I'm going to gush for just a moment. Um, I think you're an amazing person. And I think that um, if anybody doesn't know you, um, I would just say that like, you've been like when I moved to the city, I, I moved to DC back in January and I moved my whole life. I brought my son and me, and that was all I knew. And you and I had met previously, previous to me actually getting the job here. And, um, and when I got here, you kind of welcomed me with open arms and I will never forget that like you and you invited me to, um, smart people dinner. And I remember before leaving that night that you were like, you totally called me out actually twice that night. Um, you totally called me out on my, um, on my, uh, uh, what do you call it? Imposter syndrome. Like I totally still have it, but not as bad. And a lot of that is because of you, like you, you brought me with these absolutely powerhouse people that I had dinner with. And, um, you know, one of them asked, you know, like, where'd everybody like start? And I remember thinking like, I was like, I, I was, I was next to you in last in line to, to share my infosec story. And I remember looking at you and I said, my story is not nearly as cool as these people because I was sitting with like powerhouses with, you know, the NSA and um, DHS and CEOs and like just really cool motherfuckers. And I thought, who the fuck am I? Why, why am I sitting here? And you looked at me and like, I'm the type of person that needs like tough love. And you looked at me and you said, are we done with this yet? And I remember giggling, like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Like you, you were like, are, are we done with this? Like you're where you're supposed to be. And, um, and like, honestly, like that was like, it, it took you three seconds to say it to me, but it was something that I held with me from then until now. Like when I get to, when I get to a point where I think, you know, like my, my career has been really amazing since I've moved here and I'm, you know, speaking at, at besides Boston in a couple of weeks and I have a webinar with FireEye coming up and I have some really cool things going on. And like, there's times that I think, who the fuck are you? And then I think Bryson Bort said to me, stop with this bullshit. This is where you belong. These are your people. You, you are in the right place. Even though like, even, say, even saying the words now, like, I don't believe it, but you made me think, like, I would say to myself, remember what Bryson said? And like, I actually replay that in my head pretty often. And, um, and it makes me go, you know what? Cause sometimes I think people just need somebody to believe in them. And even if you can't believe in yourself, like you can take that, like, okay, well, I don't believe it, but Bryson believes it. So like, I'll just go with what Bryson believes today. And, um, and that's super, that's super helpful. And I think that, um, 
I think that everybody who gets a Bryson in their life is, is a lucky person. So I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful that you showed up and we did this and it was fun. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining. Do you want to do it? Let's do a quick, um, a quick, hold on. I gotta, I gotta hit the thing. Let's, oh, that was not the right key sequence. All right, let's do a quick, um, a quick cheers that we can. Uh, okay. We're all unicorns, Zush. We are all unicorns. Thank you, Brayson. Cheers. Oh, hold on. Hold it up. Hold it up one more time. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Can I turn that around? All right. There we go. Cheers. And picture taken. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, everybody who joined us for this episode. Um, if you have any questions about anything that you heard today, if you want to know more about ICS Village and you want to... Um, uh, volunteer, you want to know more about Scythe and the, I'm, I keep hitting my computer, um, and you want to create modules, you want to learn more about that. Um, if you have any questions, I'm going to throw some links into the description of the podcast, but if you have any questions, please DM me or DM Bryson and we will try and get to you and make sure that we get you all the information that you want. And um, thanks again for joining. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you guys next time.